Good morning. It is awesome to be here. And that is a beautiful song. This morning, uh, we'll celebrate Palm Sunday. Talk about um, Christ's triumphant entry into Jerusalem. I'm also going to talk about some passion. We'll talk about our purpose. Sometimes if we listen to the wrong folks, we, we don't think we really have a purpose or we don't have a purpose anymore. But I'm here to tell you that uh, God still have a, has a purpose on our, all of our lives. No matter how old or what you've done in your past or how tired you are, God can still use you. God is still using you. A few years ago, I think I've probably told this story, but it fits pretty well. A few years ago, we were doing a youth camp, and we needed a service project. We needed a service project. We needed one pretty close to, to church so we could get kids back and forth pretty easily. And that's what we were doing is looking for a service project. Just to show the kids how to work and how to serve people. What we didn't realize was we were going to come across a, a young lady who needed some work done. When I saw the work that needed to be done, I didn't know if we were going to be able to do it or not. She needed a bunch of work. She had trees growing into her house. She's 90 293 years old at the time and we went to do a job by the time we got finished talking to her I didn't know if we could complete the job or not but I knew we were going to try we were going to do the best we could to, to get our house livable again and little did I know that the purpose for us being at that lady's house was not to cut brush even though we did the purpose was to let her minister to us. Again, she was 92, 93 years young at the time. I've got middle school kids everywhere. We went over and worked. But each day, when the kids took a break, she sat them on the porch and told them about life. She told the ladies how to how to act, how to conduct herself, how to remain pure. She told the gentleman how to treat ladies. And she told every one of them about Jesus Christ. Again, I knew there was a purpose for us going to her house. But the Lord had much greater purpose in mind. I saw the Lord use a lady who thought she was beyond the years where she could reach that many kids in a week or two. But he used her. Her name was Dink McMillan. And a couple years ago, she passed away. But I'm telling you, the impact she had on my life and on a bunch of youth's life is living today. She's an amazing lady. Again, I'm going to read the accounts from Matthew of of the triumphant entry. 
And then I'm going to talk about passion, purpose, and a perfect Savior. Read Matthew 21, 1 through 11. When they come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Unite them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt, and they put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for, for this scripture, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, thank you for the triumphant entry. Lord, thank you for obedient servants. Lord, thank you for using people. Using people who, Lord, that sometimes we don't think we're worthy, Lord. I just pray this morning that your words flow through me. Lord, that everyone here or everyone who may be listening online, Lord, they receive the message you intend. In Jesus' name, amen. Passion, purpose, and a perfect Savior. This morning, again, I want to talk to you about the beginning of Holy Week. What a wonderful week. What a wonderful day just to come and celebrate. It's Palm Sunday. We're celebrating Christ's triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Another name for Palm Sunday that we use is Passion Sunday. And again, I want to discuss some of the events of Palm Sunday, but I'm going to spend most of the time this morning talking about passion, talking about purpose, and how this passion should be revealed in our worship of him. Matthew 21 gives us a details of, of Christ's triumphant entry. But as I read this chapter, I'm drawn to the fact that everything in the story had a purpose. Everything in this story had a purpose. Jesus sends two of his disciples into the village to find a colt, a donkey. You see, these two disciples had a purpose that day. Even the donkey was obedient to his purpose. Jesus even used the donkey that morning. Everything in the story has a purpose. In Mark's account, it talks about two bystanders that did question the disciples as they got the colt. They had a purpose also. Again, the disciples had to be obedient. See, Jesus came 
into the city that day with fanfare. People were cheering. They're saying, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. They were waving palm branches at him. It was a celebration. But by Friday, the same people who were celebrating his entry would be shouting, crucify him. See, Jesus knew what lied ahead. But you see, he was still committed to his purpose. I want to spend the next few minutes talking about how important it is to be committed to the purposes that God's placed on our lives. See, God's called us. God has called us. And we need to be passionate. I want to talk about how passionate we should be. But first, I want to define passion. See, passion comes from a Greek word that means suffering. The Latin word was translated Latin uh, is passio, which means it refers to Christ suffering on the cross. And according to Webster's Dictionary, passion is defined as suffering. The definition is expanded to say Christ's suffering between the Last Supper and his crucifixion. But you see, in our society today, passion is one of those words that's overused. We've watered it down. When we hear the word passion, we don't really feel or hear its true meaning. It's been diluted. You see, we use passion to describe our feelings for a sports team. We use passion to describe our hobbies. In other words, the term passion or passion just means in our society today that we're just a fan of something. Again, we've diluted that word. You see, I remember when the word awesome went something truly awesome. Now that word's overused too. We can have an awesome pair of shoes. We can have an awesome whatever. But awesome used to mean something that was truly amazing. And this morning when I use these two words, when I use passion and I, and I use awesome, I want you to think about the true meaning of these. The true meaning of passion. Not the watered down version that we use today. See, the true meaning of passion means to suffer. It means to suffer. In order to suffer, we've got to give something up. We've got to give things up. You see, Christ showed his passion for us by what he did on the cross. See, Matthew 21 describes a very excited and seemingly passionate crowd welcoming Jesus. Some of these same people again are going to be that are shouting Hosanna will be shouting crucify him later in the week. They're passionate though. They're passionate about the entry of the king. Even though he didn't enter the city the way they thought, he came on a donkey. They were still excited to see the king of the Jews. But remember, passion means more than just being a fan of your favorite sports team. You see, Christ hasn't called us to be fans. He's called us to be passionate for him. You see, being a Christian is much more than a tweet, a Facebook post, a bracelet, a TikTok video. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. It's a way of life that we put others' needs ahead of our own. See, being a Christian requires true passion. Our passion needs to be for Christ and for each other. It's being willing to suffer for his purpose. It's being willing to suffer for each other. 
You see, passion is key to growing our relationship with Him. Again, Christ has a purpose for each of us. Just like each character in this story has a purpose. Christ has a purpose for our life. Again, the two disciples had a purpose. Even the donkey had a purpose. You see, God has a purpose for you too. And sometimes we get caught up and we think about things in our own power. And we think, I can't, I can't, I can't. And guess what? If you're thinking that and you're trying to do it in your own power, you're probably right. You probably can't. But, you see, throughout the Bible, God uses unexpected people to accomplish some truly amazing and awesome things. He used a Samaritan woman at the well who didn't have a very worthy past. He used a tax collector like Zacchaeus. He used Peter who denied him three times. He used Paul who persecuted Christians. He used Rahab who was a prostitute. He used Jacob who was a deceiver. He used Moses who was a murderer. God has a history of using imperfect people to accomplish his perfect mission. Again, when we put everything in his perfection, when we give it to him and let him use us the way he wants to use us, then we can do some amazing things. He can still use us right now. You see, through Christ, you can. Through Christ, you can. God knows everything about us. He knows our weaknesses. He knows the worst thing about you right now. Guess what? He loves you anyway. He loves you. And he can use you if you allow him to. See, as Christians, we usually are passionate for a time. We're passionate for a time, and then we get distracted. It's a term I use often, dealing with kids. So, you know, I think every kid's good. I think uh, some of them get distracted more than others, but sometimes they get distracted. As adults, we get distracted too. We'd be on fire for Christ one moment, doing some amazing things through Him, and then the next moment, the passion's gone. We've been distracted by something. Somebody said something to make us mad, or we've gotten tired, or something didn't go exactly like we planned. And we get distracted by those things because we're human beings. See, it's hard to maintain that enthusiasm. See, Satan puts obstacles up. He puts obstacles up to distract us. You see, Satan also knows our, knows our weaknesses. And he uses these weaknesses to tempt us. And again, those temptations, when we fall to them, literally become between us and Christ. It literally comes between our purpose that God has on our life. You see, John 10 explains that Satan's goal is to destroy us. When we're tempted, we must remain passionate. When we're tempted, we must remain passionate. If we mess up, we need to ask for forgiveness and remain passionate. Have you ever noticed, though, when you're truly trying to grow your relationship with Christ, when you're truly trying to follow his purpose, that's sometimes when the devil comes the strongest at us. We're tempted the most. You see, we've got to remember that Satan is a great deceiver. And the one that gave us our purpose is perfect. You see, Satan is evil. He wants to destroy our relationship with Christ. See, that's why it's crucial for us to remain passionate. 
We have to remain passionate. And how do we do that? We do it through His Word. We do it through prayer, stewardship, worship, fellowship, and evangelism. Most of all, we do it through serving each other. When we're passionate about Christ, we're going to serve others. When we're passionate about doing His will, we're going to serve others whether they look like us or not, whether they act like us or not. We're going to show them love of Christ because, guess what, we don't deserve that love either. We serve people. That's how people know that we're passionate about Christ. John Wesley taught the importance of following three simple rules. These rules are do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. Do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. See, believe it or not, that third one sometimes is the hardest. To stay in love with God. And again, it's true because Satan is persistent. John Wesley says, stay in love with God. That means to stay passionate for Christ. He explains that Christians must remain enthusiastic. One of my favorite John Wesley quotes is, catch on fire with enthusiasm, and people will come for miles to watch you burn. Stay on fire with enthusiasm, and people will come for miles to watch you burn. In other words, when you're enthusiastic, when, when, when people can see that burning in your life, they notice it. They'll come around, they want some of what you have. How can you be that happy and joyous or joyful? It's because Christ is guiding our every step. We're passionate because Christ keeps refilling us. It's because the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us. Because we can't do these things on our own. Finally, we need to worship. To remain passionate about Christ, about our walk with Christ, we have to worship daily. Not just for an hour on Sunday morning. To worship means to put Christ in the center of our life. And for everything that we do, to keep Him in the center of our life. You see, our lives need to be built around God. Christ needs to be the center of our life. You see, God didn't put us here to be self-centered. Even though most of us are self-centered at times, and that just means that we're taking the place of Jesus. If we're self-centered, that means Christ can't be the center of our life. So we've got to remove ourselves and put Christ there. That's what it means to worship. You see, God didn't put us here for our own benefit. He put us here for his benefit. He put us here for the benefit of others. You see, you exist for God, not the other way around. Often we get this backwards. We get it backwards. God gives us so much, sometimes we forget to be thankful. There's so much work to do, sometimes we get tired and we stop. But again, we're here to worship God. We're here to worship God. God gives us our every need. Every need is fulfilled or taken care of because of what Christ has done for us. You see, but sometimes, again, we get it backwards. Again, if you feed a dog, if you feed a dog, that dog will worship you. He'll follow you everywhere. He'll think you're a God. If you feed a cat, that cat thinks he's God. Okay? I know I've got two cats. 
I love them. But we need to be worshiping the one that feeds us, not trying to get the one that feeds us to worship us. It's about serving him. See, God wants to be the center of your heart. He wants to be the axis of your existence, the core of your being, and the focus of your attention. That's what Christ wants to be. He wants to be the center of our lives. See, that's what the Bible calls worship. It's putting Christ in the center. And everything we do centers around our relationship with Christ. Anytime Christ is in the center of our life, we're worshiping him. Unfortunately, we live in an era where it's okay to be passionate about some things. It's okay to be passionate about sports teams, race car drivers, golf, movies, music, the Eagles. Yeah, it's okay to be passionate about all all those things. But when we're passionate for Christ, sometimes we get called fanatics. And guess what? It's okay with me. I'm fine with being a fanatic for Christ. I'm fine for people noticing that Christ is the center of my life. How about you? But again, when we get distracted, when we have that passion for a while, and then we get distracted, and we get... Again, you see, we've got to remember that Christ came for us. Christ sought us out. You see, he didn't just come to save us from our circumstances. He came to save us from our sins. He came for an eternal purpose. That's why so many of the people that Palm Sunday were disappointed. They all thought that Christ was there to save them from their circumstances, to save them from the Romans. They didn't realize that, they were, that Christ came to save them for eternity. See, Christ wants to save us today. He wants to save us from our sins. He wants us to put him in the center of our life. And he wants us to follow the purpose that he has on our lives. You see, to put God in the center of our lives shows others how passionate we are. Because he loved us first. See, I want to close by offering Christ. If you're here today and Christ is not the center of your life, it's not too late. He loves you. Again, he knows your every weakness. He loves you anyway. He knows your strengths. He loves you. He has a purpose on your life. Are you ready to follow that purpose? Are you ready to give your life to him? Are you ready to serve each other so we can be closer to him? Again, if you haven't made that decision, I'd love for you to do it this morning. Or maybe we have gotten distracted. We live in a world of distractions. Maybe we've gotten so distracted that Christ is not the center of our life. We need to put him back there. That's where you are this morning. I pray for you. I pray that you put him back in the center of your life and we walk this walk together, serving him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for for coming to save us. Lord, I pray for each person here, each person listening online, Lord, I, I pray that you walk with them, Lord. And this Holy Week, they concentrate on putting you back in the center of their lives. Lord, if you've been displaced by, by, by something that we're worshiping, Lord, I, I pray that you take all those distractions away, Lord, and you just 
you just help us worship you. Lord, again, I just thank you for so much for this church and for this week and what it means, Lord. If there's anyone listening online, Lord, or anyone here this morning that does not know you as our Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray they come come to that commitment and realization they need a Savior today. And Lord, for all of us who have been on the journey for a while, and maybe we've been distracted, Lord, I, I pray that you, you point us back to the cross, Lord. You point us back to your Son. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.